Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Taylor Campbell. I'm a birth and bereavement doula, as well as an adoption and surrogacy doula. Doula means woman who serves. And although I love happy births, adoptions, and surrogacy, the pro bono part of my business is in bereavement. I'm here to help you. I'm also mom of 18, yes, 18 children, with over 30 years experience in the trenches as a mom myself. We have a huge blended family, and I've also experienced the loss of our adult son. Remember, give a shout out to those brave enough to share their stories on how they have become parents. Let's dive in. Welcome to Becoming Parents. Today I have on Naresh Visa. Did I do it right? Naresh Visa. Naresh Visa. <laughs> well, okay. So I'm still not doing great, but it's okay. I'm so excited to have you on. Part of that is because I think your story is really um, unique but not as much unique as it is just not talked about as often because you're a stay-at-home dad. And I don't know where you want to jump into the beginning of your story, but go ahead and jump in. Well, you brought you bring up stay-at-home dad, and I, I want to talk a little bit about that, how it happened, because I have a graduate degree from one of the best business schools in the world. I uh, have been running a business since 2013. So that's 10 years now. We just came up mm -hmm. on our 10 year anniversary. So you, people might be worrying, oh, not worrying, but wondering, you gave all that up to be a stay at home dad. And my answer is no, I didn't. I still run my, uh, now I have two businesses. They're both stronger than ever, doing really well. And the fact that I got started in 2013, which is seven years before my first child was born, my mm -hmm. son, allowed me, basically prepared me so that I could work from home and take care of, of my children. So I didn't plan it out this way. It's not like in 2013, when I was in my mid-20s, I said, oh, I want to find ways to make money from home or start a business from home so that one day I can be a stay-at-home dad. In fact, a few years after that, I, I thought I wasn't even going to get married. So uh, what ended up happening was uh, I, I would call them lifestyle businesses more so than like corporations. We're not like, we're just small businesses, both companies, uh, but I'm able to work from home. I'm also the host of the work from home show. And on that show, we talk about working from home, taking care of your kids, taking care of the household. I've gotten so used to being at home working from home uh, and really delegating tasks around the, around the, in my life and around the house and optimizing my time so that I can be at my peak potential, whether it's working or running my businesses or nonprofit work that I do or taking care of my kids or trying to be a good husband. Um, so I've, I figured out kind of a practice, a, a formula, and we can talk about this later. But I bring this up because, yes, I do consider myself to be a stay-at-home dad because I do raise my kids. Uh, there is My wife is off every other week, which helps a lot. Okay. And then uh, I hired a part-time babysitter who only comes in about uh, once a week. But she does, like I said, optimizing tasks or delegating tasks. She does laundry, folds the laundry. She cooks food, enough food to last us two to three days. So there's a lot that's that that's done around the house that I just was never really good at. Mm. Uh, of course, we have a housekeeper, we've got a landscaper, we've got uh, just all sorts of services happening uh, in and around the house. 
So that's a little bit about me, how I became a, a stay-at-home dad. Uh, again, this was not planned. It just made sense. Like, okay, we're going to be having a kid. Like, uh, you're already working from home. So maybe you should figure out how to work from home and take care of the kids, which really isn't bad at all. Like, uh, both kids, I have two sons under the age of four. They both respect me pretty well. They both understand boundaries and when daddy's in front of his computer when he's in a meeting they have to be quiet they'll play by themselves they won't bother so it's worked out really really well I love it and I worked from home my kids were a little bit older than yours and boundaries I think is one of my favorite words because kids learn them pretty quickly um and you know if you can work from home and have another person working outside and you're not paying for all the daycare, it opens up the possibility of having somebody come in and clean the house. That was the single biggest great thing that I was able to do when my kids were little is have somebody come in once a week. Yeah, so we, uh, our cleaner comes once a month and then the babysitter comes, comes once a week. And that really gives me a break when the babysitter comes. And when I say break, I mean, that's when I knock out podcasts like this like right now as we speak the babysitter is downstairs taking right. care of the kid cooking doing the laundry so that gives me a chance to go out run some errands yeah I, I actually running errands isn't a problem I just take the kids with me uh right. it's more so when I have these meetings where I have to be in front of a camera or important phone meetings then uh, it, it really works out and it also just gives me a break so uh and and then daycare my whole thing was, look, if I'm at home, there's no point in sending the kids to daycare. Like, I don't understand almost everyone around us who we know after the kid turned like seven, eight months, they sent their kid off to daycare. And, and my philosophy was, why would you want to do that? Because once they go to daycare, you're barely going to see them for really like the rest of their lives. Right. Um, and so we held on to the first child until uh, my cutoff was two and a half years simply because, especially with the pandemic, and we can talk about how the pandemic affected yeah. uh, children. And um, I, I felt like my son looked to me, and we can even talk about homeschooling. I have many friends who homeschool, uh, benefits of it, the pros and cons. I felt like, look, I know that daycares come with their cons, but with that being said, I'm the type of parent who wants my children to experience the world uh, many of my friends who homeschool or who are afraid of just sending their kids off to daycares or school say, oh, my kid's going to pick up bad habits. My kid's going to learn bad things. There are going to be all these other bad kids in their class. And my philosophy is that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing because you don't want to shelter them. You don't want to put them in a COVID lockdown where they're completely cut off from the world and they have no idea how humans interact and the type, the different types of people in this world. So my cutoff was, was two and a half years. I said at two and a half years, we're sending him off to daycare because he's, he's got to learn about the world. He's got to meet other people, learn how to play. He's going to pick up a lot of skills. Does it come with some cons? Absolutely. The first month he was just sick nonstop getting everyone in the house sick, got his little brother, newborn sick. Uh, it comes with those cons, but Nothing in life is perfect. So at two and a half years, we sent him off and we're going to be doing the same thing with the second child at two and a half years. That's my cutoff. And we'll be sending him off to daycare as well. I think as parents, first of all, from the time, from the moment of conception, people are going to be doing it differently than you are. And you're going to hear about how they don't like how you're doing it. I think in every 
parenting decision, no matter what, utopia doesn't exist. And we all have different ideals of how we want to do it. Like there's no right way. So you guys deciding how you wanted to do it, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and like you said, the lockdown changed things. Um, you know, my daughter didn't want to do daycare and then decided that for one of her kids, she really did, but she wasn't zoned. She was zoned for a school that was really not where she wanted to send him. So like so many things impact the decision. And, and so I'm glad that you guys made a, made choices that you felt like were the best for your family and you stuck to those. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I think a lot depends when it comes to daycares, when it comes to school, it, it depends where you're sending them off to because yeah. they're, the, the, the daycare space is, there's actually a shortage. And, and during the, mm -hmm. the pandemic, you just saw so many daycares come up, come up and uh, get started by people who weren't qualified, people who didn't have the necessary training or the licensing or whatever i mean people were starting it from their homes from their houses from their uh, ap even apartments and so uh, i think if you are going to send your child off to daycare uh, many parents are just like oh i need babysitting and and they don't really do their due diligence on the daycare the background you know what what's being taught what's being learned a lot of daycares nothing's being taught nothing's being it's just babysitting and yeah. so we were we were selective in where we wanted to go and also assessing the child so like I knew that my child because he was spoiled at home and and that was partly my fault or, or our fault but <laughs> right he, he was a super picky eater and he didn't like other kids his age he liked adults but yeah he did not like other kids his age and, and when I say picky eater he was eating like the same two things every meal and so uh, I okay, so I knew. All right, these are two issues. Any daycare is going to solve the social aspect, but the food part, I wanted to go with a daycare that that offered food that that provided breakfast, lunch, afternoon snacks. So that's what his his daycare does. They have a, a full time chef on staff, and they provide all that. But I think one of the important things that I learned, which you which you just touched on, right after my first son was born, everyone's telling you whether it's your friends who have kids, friends without kids, your parents, your in-laws, your aunts, your uncles, oh everyone is telling you, oh, you need to give them this formula. You, this is the way that they need to sleep. And, and this is how you hold them. And everyone has an opinion on what you should do with your own child when they don't even know who your child, they don't, they barely even know who you are. Oh, you right. know, they must sleep in this bassinet and this is the best diaper warmer and and what i've learned is you just have to shut all that out i'm a minimal, yep. minimalist myself mm -hmm. and and because i've, I've been a consultant uh, a, like a management consultant business consultant for really more than 10 years now the way i see it is you have to put yourself in the game and and just adapt and go with with what works best you can't yep. say oh so and so told me this or so and so told me x and y therefore i must do it you have to learn how to think on the spot, find solutions. Um, so it, it's very annoying. Uh, what I tell my friends, if they ask for help or if they ask for advice, I say, look, this is what I did. This is what worked for me. Yeah. You can give it a try, but 
you should do what works best for you and, and, and your child. I, I totally agree. You talked a lot in your notes, you talked a lot about managing stress. And one thing that you said is that you're a minimalist and that stands out to me because we are also. And the reason we went much more minimalist is because our stuff was overwhelming when we had, you know, you have kids, you have backpacks, you have shoes, you just, the stuff will take over your life. And you feel like we felt like we were just managing stuff. So I know that living a minimalistic lifestyle reduces stress. And I'm sure that you have, there are a lot of other things. One, you set boundaries. Two, you figured out what you needed help with. And I'd love for you to talk about, I'm sure it was an easy process for you to figure out, like you said, well, I'm not good at some stuff. Like the things that I don't do well, or I don't want to do, those are the things that you ask someone else to do. But you have a cleaner once a month. You have a babysitter once a week. It's not like this is a daily, I'm a stay at home dad, but everybody else, I have a staff of 20, you know, um, <laughs> they, they're not coming in like all the time. It's not an overwhelming thing to have somebody clean once a month to help out, um, like financially for other people or, um, just figuring it out, you know? So I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but talk about what reduces stress and including minimalism and how you figured out what you wanted to outsource basically and how that, what that looked like. And then the other things that reduce stress. Cause I know that you have a list of other things that reduce your stress too. So I, when it comes to, to delegating tasks, th this really came from running my businesses and growing them because how I grew them was I'd have clients come to me saying, Hey, you know, you did X, Y, and Z for me, but can you also do ABC for me? And mm -hmm. I personally couldn't do it. And instead of saying no, I would say, yes, I can do my company can do it. And I would go out and hire someone. And that's how I've, that's how I've grown. Awesome. That's how I've brought in more clients by offering so many services and having mm -hmm. people readily available to do these services. And so when it came to raising the children, that's how I've done it. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not a laundry person. I, I'm not a good cook. I will say that once both kids are in school, these are tasks that I will start learning because at some point you do have to learn it. You can't depend on the babysitter or, or a landscaper or a, a mm. maid to do all these tasks. At some point I need to learn at least the cooking part, I think. And the laundry part, you just can't, you, you just can't be without that. Maybe the cleaning part, okay, that's easy. Uh, landscape, yeah, you, you can get people to do all those. Mm -hmm. So um, I just became really good at delegating based on what am I good at? Where should I be focusing my, my efforts on? Because I do work from home. And when you do work right. from home, there's only so much you can do. Um, and, and learning these new skills, it, it's going to take a lot of time and effort and energy, which I just don't have right now right now as far as one thing I want to bring up is is the financial aspect so it works out the arrangement that my wife and I have it it works out really well and and I completely get it if not all couples have this she works at every other week so she works okay. for seven days and then she's off for seven days so she basically works for half the year so when she's working for those seven days I'm basically Mr. Mom at home Right. Now she does help out, you know, when she's working, she helps out for about an hour before she goes to work and she helps out for a couple of hours after she comes back to work. So her schedule is flexible in that sense. Her job is demanding, um, but 
but not everyone has that advantage where one spouse works half the year mm -hmm. and the other spouse is full-time work from home. So, right. so it, it, I, I look at now we, we're in a different generation now, a different time where you have these work from home jobs where you have more lax jobs, but, but back in the day, but when I say back in the day, I mean like pre COVID, if you had two parents who had to work outside the house, then it becomes a challenge. Uh, okay, like how do we raise these kids if, if both parents yeah. are outside the house? And a lot of them, at least in my culture, it's all right, let's just have the grandparents live with us, which we okay. tried, it didn't work out. Um, I, I think that's something that you have to, it, it that varies according by family. I would say most of the time it doesn't work out in this time and age where the culture has changed so much. Um, but hey, we, we, we tried it. Many other people try it. Uh, grandparents are certainly involved in our household and in our children's lives, at least more involved than before the children were born. Uh, so it's not like we've cut off grandparents. I'd say my parents spend about a month of the year with us. And we spend about two weeks of the year visiting them. And then my in-laws, uh, I would say, spend about, whether it's us going there or dropping the kids off there or them coming here, about two months. So so uh, we have about three to four months covered uh, just through help with the grandparents. But the rest of the time, the rest of the eight months or so, it's just us with the babysitter, with the nanny, with, the, uh, with everything else. And so... Talking about, uh, you know, I, I talked about delegating and, and, and now talking about, you know, managing stress because it can be stressful working these jobs and bills to pay and children's, their activities. They're already the older one is in a lot of different activities and finances and future and travel and leisure and time to ourselves. It, it can get very stressful, especially with two boys under the age of four. Um, and so I try to do four things, and that's improving mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional health. And this is what I tried doing, or this is what I did long before I got married. In 2013, when I started my business, this is when I started. And, and so if, we, if I talk really quickly about each one of those aspects, mental health, mm -hmm. to me, this is simply um, like exercising the, the, the mind, exercising the brain. And what I mean by actually, you know, playing chess, that's something that I do. Reading, I read a lot. I write, I've written a couple of books. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I mean by mental. Spiritual, that's just, to me, it, it can be religion, which I am religious. Every Sunday I go to the temple, I take my older son with me. He loves going. But it can also just mean giving thanks before every meal, giving thanks, waking up every morning, giving thanks, going to sleep every night, giving thanks before you do that. That's really all that spirituality is. Then we talk about emotional health. That's this is a big one for for younger adults. It's it's the idea of getting rid of people in your life who bring mm -hmm. you down, who you're not comfortable with. It's a hard one because I think a lot of young adults are trying to find their social status, they're trying to find their place, they're trying to find their friends. And so the the idea behind emotional health is cutting out people who don't add value to your life, who bring you down, who basically anytime you feel any sort of discomfort because of somebody, it's cutting them out. That's emotional health yeah. and then physical health. So I try to play tennis, swimming, basketball, uh, running, um, walking, I, I just physical activity because it affects all these other areas. 
mental, spiritual, emotional, and it keeps you fit. It keeps you healthy. So you do all four of these things and you will see that you're just going to be, you're going to cut down on stress. You're going to live a happier life and it's going to rub off on your children as well. I love that. I think I use a calendar and I'm guessing that you have a way too. to, yeah. I mean, like I, I don't, and I, as a mom with little kids, I set a dress code for myself when I was a stay at home mom. Um, and I set a schedule for myself. I do the same thing when I have homeschooled. I don't know how people function without doing that. And I'm not saying the dress code has to be, you know, like ball gown ready. I, I just wanted to make sure it's easy to get sucked into parenthood and working from home, both things and realize like you're not showering every day. You're still in yoga pants. Um, and that doesn't mean that there aren't times when your baby spit up on you. I, it's not this perfect formula. It's just setting aside time to take care of yourself and set a, setting a schedule so that you remember what's important. And you are one of the biggest things that's important. Your kids automatically are, but you can't let yourself go to the wayside. And that helped me a lot. I, I like my calendar is my favorite thing. So, well, you, you bring up a good point because when you're, when you're focusing on you, you're affecting those around you. That's mm -hmm. an important distinction to make. And, and the, the famous basketball coach, John Wooden, uh, he used to say this all the time. And he had some quotes in his office where he'd say, somebody is always watching. A little man is always watching. And so you might think, oh, I'm going to go for my run because, because I want to help myself. I want to improve my health. But your little men, your little guys are, are watching you and that's going to rub off on them. You might think that getting into a fight with someone at the grocery store during the pandemic because of social distancing or toilet paper shortages or whatever. Right. You might think, OK, I'm doing this for my family. But guess what? Your little guy is watching you. So so it, it's not it, it's easy to think, you know, I'm doing this for myself. I'm doing this for me, for my own sanity. But someone is watching. Uh, and, and that someone is going to be your children and it's going to rub off on them. So the best example you can set is yourself. You can try to force your kids to be someone to do something, but you don't, there's no force when you're just living it yourself. I, I agree. I agree. And I think that that's a huge part of just taking care of yourself. Um, I think as parents, we get into this trap of feeling selfish if everything's not going towards the kids. And I, I disagree with that completely. I don't think we're being selfish. I think we're setting a good precedent for our kids. And again, boundaries come up, right? Like a mom or dad taking the time to take a shower or to exercise is not selfish and setting boundaries and setting that example. So Physical exercise is a big deal for you. And I know you exercise five days a week. Do you want to talk about that a little? I and try. Again, yeah. Yeah. I try, I try yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried to. And, and look, it, a, a lot of it helped when uh, I started my older son really young at two years old, mm -hmm. which is really like the earliest that you can do anything. I started him in swimming and soccer in, in a running class. And at that age did the parent has to do it with the child. So I would, it was like, we were getting good workouts in together, swimming mm -hmm. and playing soccer and playing basketball and, and running. And now that he's three, he doesn't need the parent anymore. They say, Oh, the three-year-old can, you know, you can just drop them off and, and the teacher will handle it. 
So initially I was like, oh, wow, this is great because I'm getting a decent workout in as well. Right. And I used to take him for walks every day. Now I take the younger one for walks every day. So we walk, I mean, he doesn't walk, he can't even walk yet, but he'll just be in the stroller. And I, I'd, I'd walk two to three miles a day, get in a solid 20 pull-ups or so, do a mm-hmm. little bit of other exercise. Another great way to stay in shape, get some fresh air. I mean, this was happening every day, not even five days a week, <laughs> every day. So I've basically revolved my exercise schedule around my kids and and seeing, okay, how can I get them involved so that they'll inherently, as they get older, be like, oh, you know, I should go for a walk. I should go for a run. I should do pull-ups, whatnot. So, so that's, it. it's, it's like a team effort here. It's not like I'm just dropping the kids off at daycare and doing my thing. Now that is going to be a thing. Once a younger one goes to daycare, I am going to start doing classes, some water fitness classes, some aerobics classes, yoga, stretching classes, et cetera. I'll start doing that more uh, once I have more time as they're in daycare or school. But uh, once again, it's all right, here's my busy schedule. How can I, how can I get everyone involved, make everyone happy um, and, and do good for my kids as well? How can everyone win at the same time? This is what I figured out. I love that. And I love the suggestions and it changes it. Like you said, when they went to school, it shifted, you know, newborns are different than that phase of life, which is different yeah. than school kids, which is different. Yeah. You now you wrote, you've written several number one selling books. I wrote one book and I wrote it in two months during my kid's school schedule. So they leave, everybody was gone at nine and the first child came back yep. at two thirty, and from nine to two thirty. That was what I considered my job. And I wrote my book. Um, so I yep. think you just have to, I, yeah, I, I mean, you're really, you're great at the calendar. So, and the same thing, shifting to a work from home job. I did that five years before the pandemic. And so knowing how to do that beforehand, I think was easier than trying to figure it out during people panicking. Um I want you to talk about your, I want to end, um, you've talked a lot about how you've worked everything, but I would like to end on you doing a shout out for both of your businesses and uh, all of your books. And you said you have a degree from a reputable university. You have a master's from Duke. So I am yeah. proud of that. And I'm going to give it a shout out um, that that is really impressive. You've been seen all over the place. So tell us about your books and your businesses so that people know how to find you. And if you're a good fit for them. Yeah, well, um, my primary business is Krish Media and Marketing. The website is Krish, K-R-I-S-H, mediamarketing.com. It's a full service online and digital marketing agency. And my other business uh, is a real estate coaching uh, business. So, well, it's a real estate business. So I do a lot of real estate investing, decent amount of real estate, not like a ton, but uh, I invest in single family houses, a little bit of multifamily around the country. And I also coach, I I help students like you completely free of charge, uh, coach them on how they can get started investing in real estate as well. So visit my website, chrishmediamarketing.com. There's a contact me uh, button there that has my email address, I believe. Just shoot me an email if you have any questions, if you want free real estate coaching, if you want to get started on real estate investing, you can do it from home. It's great. You can raise your kids, coach your sports, whatever. Real estate is an awesome asset class. And and then my books, I've written five books, like you brought up. A couple of them hit number one on Amazon in, in their categories. 
they mostly deal with digital business, e-commerce, technology. If you just type in my name, Naresh Vissa on Amazon, Naresh yeah. Vissa, you can find those five books. And everything, the, the link to every book is not in the show notes, but everything else is in our show notes. And uh, it'll be easy to copy paste your name right into Amazon to find all of those. I, I appreciate you coming on so much. This has been wonderful. No, I appreciate the, the talk. It's been a really good discussion. I, I like talking about topics like this because they're just not, I talk about business all day, about real estate all day, but I don't get to talk about parenting and how this ties into it. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Thank you.